and welcome back to West Weird. This is our Deadlands Reloaded game. And we're having fun! Last time, you guys dealt with the aftermath of m murdering a group of bar goers after they uh, attacked you guys. And uh, then you rode out to the maze and you stopped at the Copper Cliffs, the edge of the maze, and decided to rest there overnight. And as you guys were making it through the night, you kept hearing these sounds like human screams. And pretty quickly, Mary Jo realized that it was something called a catamount, which is a, a very large cat, uh, a big cat type creature that uh, s makes horrifying human noises and is nearly impossible to see. And you guys eventually woke up in the middle of the night and decided to go ahead and go into the maze to escape these creatures. And you just barely made it with some, uh, with some, some dice finagling there at the end by Hannah and Mike. You, we were able to finally get into the maze and that is where we left off with you guys skipping two of my encounters. <laughs> so... You guys are riding down into the maze, and it's a good distance. This, the edge of this cliff kind of switches, switchbacks back and forth down with this very narrow path that you can barely fit a horse down. I think Wallace continues to help Mary Jo and lead her horse forward as she's kind of, kind of frozen in terror behind the. Uh, the fire that Everett is leading the way with. That fire pretty goes out like fairly quickly after a while because it wasn't really a torch. It was just a big log that he picked up. And pretty soon Mary Jo is able to control her horse again. But it is dark down here. You are down under here. I think probably a minute or two after the f after that goes out, you guys look up and you can barely see the uh, the moon above you guys just coming across the edge of the canyon giving you guys some light and you guys ride down and it's probably a good 25 minute ride slowly carefully making sure your horses don't fall off the cliffs and into the maze and this is a this is a deep canyon that you guys walk into finally you make it down and you start to hear the sound of rushing water and as you make it down you see there is a, a fast-moving stream down here. There is a, a much wider riverbank, so you guys can relax a little bit as you make it down here. Actually, once you once you get down, you pretty quickly see there is a, um, a little two-story building, kind of a ramshackle thing that is set up near the entrance to this uh, the switchback path. What do you guys do? I think Will is going to... I know he's not leading it, but I think he would be inclined to pull up and if the since the lights are out... Well, this is hard because me as the player kind of wants to get him to call out, but he knows they're effectively being stalked by giant cats that want to eat them, so he doesn't think that calling out would be a good idea. Uh, yeah, and now you're in the maze. Yeah, calling out in general was a horrible idea because... Does the, the house maze. or, like, structure there look like it's empty or... You see the lights are off. Okay. There is uh, a but small does it look like of, there's um, people there? <laughs> it's also, like, four o'clock in the morning. 
you do notice yeah. that there is a um, there is a kind of a, a horse shed, and there does seem to be like a horse or something sleeping back behind this building, and there is a cart there that that uh, is empty, but um, but is is kind of parked there. Well, Mary Jo and Wallace have been awake all night, <laughs> so yeah, you guys have got to be tired at this point. My eyes are bloodshot. I'm wheezing. Like a Pokemon. I think Mary Jo is just <laughs> trying to scope out where might be like a safe place to rest. <laughs> safe seems relative in this place, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but the safest if it would be like the house or by the riverbed or you know. Well, th this is this is this is before the entry to a very small uh, continuation. So if. I could, I could see, I could see William just setting up with, setting up near the entry if, if people are planning to stop, although I don't know what others are planning, so. I'm just going to kind of cut through the silence and I'm not going to, I'm not yelling it because we're close enough together that I can talk low, but I just want to go, Everett, you said you've been in here before. Have you ever seen this place? Have I, Suzanne? Yes. Or did I go into a, the maze from another place? Um, I do think this is the main way down. Okay. So I will let I will let you think. Do you, did you would you have gone down this I, way? I probably would have at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you know that this is kind of like a um, like a general store, basically. It's a general. On the store. way into the maze, people okay. would stop there, or on the way out of the maze, get stuff before they go and move on. Do I have any experience with people staying here, or is it just a business? It doesn't really look like it's big enough for people to stay inside of it. It's not like okay. an inn or anything. It's just a a little a little pit stop store. Okay. So then uh, Everett would just respond, uh, "Yeah, it's." Um, it's just a general store. It, that's about it. It's not. It's not for uh, staying at like an inn. And I, th I think since w William has been through here before too, and he, he basically corroborates. Yeah, that uh, normally that'd be for a purchase of supplies before continuing on. But I know people can't move on without some some kind of sleep. I mean, they got that horse shed in the back. That'll do it a pinch, I suppose. He looks at the other two. The place ain't busted up. That means we're probably not going to get attacked right here. So, I would love to take a nap. I think Mary Jo says something like, "I wouldn't be opposed to bedding down near the river if we have a watch." You know what I'm? I mean, and if uh, you think it's safe, and she kind of looks over at like Everett and William to see if they think it's actually safe for them to like camp out here. <laughs> the catamounts definitely don't seem to be following you guys. By the way. But the maze in general, oh. do we think it'd be better to just be... In this the, is probably about as safe a spot as you're going to find. The the horse shed and the general store? Or just here by the entrance. Okay. Because there's likely to be people going through here. It's probably, okay. you know, not something monsters want to... Yeah. I think, he looks at, I think he looks at Mary Jo and he says, Historically, uh, less friendly specimens of this place have learned that... Uh, being the way spot that it is, they tend to keep away. What's well, a lot they did to hear? Yeah, I was gonna say. He with climbs that, off his I horse. Think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Mary Jo just like slides off of her horse and then takes it over, and she does that whole like typical Western thing where she gets the horse to like, 
like bed down and then she leans up against it like she's sitting and then pulls her hat over her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Nice. So she's like leaning Somebody back against her horse and just pulls her hat down. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think William's going to dismount, but he's going to keep hold of Sonny's reins because he's going to lead him. He's going to lead him over to the uh, to the riverbank and you know very carefully without without leaning too far over because you know this is the maze probably. Some of the fish in there will want to take his fingers off. Very carefully fills a bucket with water. You do that. Okay, yeah, you you guys are going to... So you guys are going to bed down for the night? Try, at least. Yeah, Everett will yep. just kind of, you know, get off his horse and hobble it and then just, uh, I don't know, I guess find a rock to sit on and sharpen his knife while he's on watch. Okay. Not the entire time. He's going to start off with that, but then he'll just be on watch. Mm, I think yeah. since Will's watching too, I think he just... Instead of standing in one place, he just paces. Paces, watching, paces, watching, turns, watches, turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right before I pass out, I'm going to pour some of the water from my canteen on my hands and wash the blood off my face from that dude in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, He's so tired, that. he looks down at his hands and he's like, oh, butts, all right. <laughs> Gets yeah, herself all washed that. up. That's right. Mary Jo is still covered in think, blood too. I think Mary Jo's too tired to think about it, even though she's definitely covered in blood. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you guys start to uh, head back down and and go to sleep. You're finally able to. Mary Jo and Wallace are finally able to get some shut eye. I'm sure pretty quickly you guys fall asleep because you guys have got to be exhausted. Just for flavor at one point, uh, uh, William sort of reflexively reaches into his uh, inner pocket because by habit he's looking for for the silver penny and realizes it's gone. And then just like mutters under his breath. That old witch woman, she was a money grubber on top of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Everett is probably sitting close enough to hear that, and he just says, So you really cared about that uh, penny that much? And he looks at he looks at him and he says, Wasn't the penny, the story behind it, person who gave it to me. Well, uh, got nothing but time. Might as well uh, share just to pass the time. And he, he looks at him and takes in the whole... The whole ensemble, the open, the open vest, the huge knife, and starts out by saying, "You, uh, you ever had family, friends?" Well, I mean, somebody birthed me, I guess. <laughs> and and, and will will just sort of sighs because he's trying to equate this to something this guy will understand. But upon hearing that answer, he's just he's not even sure how to say it. And yeah, said, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think Everett elaborates. Like he doesn't, he doesn't go on to say like if he knew his parents or not, or if he's just playing with them. Like he just, he just deadpans like I, somebody had to birth me, but he doesn't say anything about friends or anything either. He just kind of leaves it at that. I think that Will, having kept this quiet to himself for so long, is at this point he's just glad to say it to somebody. He doesn't even care that it's Everett. <laughs> and you know this is all in whispers you know kind of because he's not you know he's not shouting this but he's just like the one who gave me that piece when you get down to it he's uh he's the entire reason i'm out here in this godforsaken pit in the first place and ever just kind of nods in like a you know continue kind of way suffice to say this uh this man was a good friend to me john john his name was and uh i uh I'm out here now because uh, 
In the same way that he was my friend, it was someone else who... Let's just say that this someone wanted something from us. Two of us together, we, uh... He thought we knew something, and he decided to take it. And in the action, he, uh, managed to escape with my friend. And I promised myself I... I wasn't gonna go back before finding him and putting the other in the ground. Everett just kind of nods, and he just kind of says, Well, uh... I'll admit I don't really understand the chasing after somebody that got captured. You know, that seems kind of, well, pointless to me, but I can't understand uh, any smiles. Some good old-fashioned vengeance. And then he, he looks at he looks at him kind of kind of sharply. He's, he's, he's visibly kind of upset by this comparison, and he's like, No, what you do... In the service to your dark gods, your your reckoners, your whatever you call it, that's not what I do. What I do is justice. What you do is wanton destruction. And Everett just kind of scoffs at that, and he just says, you can call it whatever you want, but killing's killing, plain and simple. Some people just, uh, it's their time to go, and it's somebody's job to do it, or something's job to do it. Of course, some people just just pass from old age. The what some would think is fortunate ones, but in my opinion, that's no life to live. Rather than be living. And he just stands there and he's like, "I did not have the time, the energy, and this is not even the location for to be discussing philosophy with someone like you." <laughs> <laughs> and Everett just kind of like, "It's okay. It's uh pretty clear to me that your head's too far in the clouds to." understand how the world really works anyways <laughs> that's that's ironic <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna rise to that bait but he just says you know kind of kind of more quietly I suggest you shut your mouth otherwise I might have to what, pay you back for something? that oh no he's such an asshole <laughs> I'm try I'm trying to now, see, I'm trying to figure this, because my character definitely definitely would, at least for intimidation's sake, make him try to shut up, but considering where they question. are... I have a question. <laughs> are they being loud enough to wake Mary Jo up? I think, uh, Everett, that, that last exclamation might have been the first time he actually raised his voice the entire yeah. conversation. I think they've been talking pretty think, quiet up I don't think now. he really shouted it, though, but he, he was very sharp, and it was kind of sudden, so... I'll leave that up to you and Susanna. Uh, roll me a notice at negative two. I only got it two, so. <laughs> no, I yeah, think. No, I, think, I, I think was gonna say if sick. it woke Mary Jo up, she would end the conversation. But. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> there's. I'm gonna tell you right now. There's no chance in hell it's gonna wake Wallace. So. No, it's not gonna. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even bother making it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. No uh, yeah. Uh, okay. He's he says this, and he's like. If we were in a more opportune location, I'd make you take that back. But for right now, I suggest you button your lips until later. And uh, Everett just says, sure, sure. Uh, and he's smiling the whole time. I can uh, I can wait till later. <laughs> and I think after this point, like his knife, he already sharpened it earlier. But uh, he kind of gets up and just kind of walks. He, he takes his turn at pacing and he's just sharpening his knife the whole time. Oh. Scrape. Why do I have this Scrape. like bad feeling Scrape. that Everett is the crazy person that's actually right the whole time? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Ooh. Yeah, so you guys have this conversation, and Everett gets up and starts kind of walking and slowly scraping his knife, probably not really even sharpening it that much, because it's mostly for effect more than anything else. Exactly. Okay. And I was going to say, this this knife has to be magic, because otherwise he'd sharpen it so much it would be gone. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be a pretty <laughs> darn sharp knife and pretty strong too. But I, I'd like to think that, that Everett can hear him kind of, you know, opening opening the chambers on his guns, checking checking them mm-hmm. all. Read, you know, just just so just so he knows, just for auditory effect, he's just gonna be like, "Yeah, well, he can do it. Well, let him know that if he comes at me, I can probably draw faster than he can swing." <laughs> yeah, that is not true. I'm pretty fast. <laughs> I'm wily. You guys sit here <laughs> passive aggressively messing with your weapons, uh, and while you do so, I do want you to roll towards the towards the end of the night. I want you to roll me a notice check. So I aced on the d4. So I got a six total. Okay. So yeah, I think at a certain point in time, you guys are kind of sitting here, you know, messing with your weapons, kind of pacing around, getting up, watching every once in a while, stretching your legs. And towards the towards the end of the night, you start to notice the, the sky becomes red above you. You can't see the sun because you're, you're so low down in this canyon, but you do notice that the sky begins to turn red. And you hear a different sound. You've been hearing the kind of rushing of this little stream that you guys are on and eventually you hear kind of a you guys hear this this more rhythmic sort of splashing noise and I think you, you kind of look up and you see coming around the corner you see a boat with a uh, a couple of guys inside of it come around the corner on this stream. And we can tell that by the color of the sky above that the sun's probably coming up. Is it about time to wake them up then? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you guys do when you you see this ship, uh, this boat ap- approaching? Uh, since we can't tell really who's on it or or if they're friend or foe right now, I think William is just watching it as it comes closer. I think uh, Everett sees it and he looks up at the sky and he says, um, "Well, I wouldn't have any history knowing what this boat is. Would I? You might. Maybe. You roll common knowledge for me. Okay. That's the boat of despair." I rolled a three, and then my wild die is a four. Yeah, so I think you would probably know you see these guys approaching. You definitely know there are lots of boats, and this whole area is is mostly either natural-made or man-made canals. Like, that's most of what the maze is. So I think you would know there are a lot of people who come by and often ferry travelers... Uh, from place to pay- place, they'll come by and pick people up from the start of the maze and move on to different parts of the maze. Hmm. And there are also traders that come by and will drop stuff off at the at the general store, drop stuff off to be taken up, because this is the main entrance into this section of the maze. Okay. So I think uh, Everett will just look over and just say, well, it's uh, probably time to get the other two up anyways, and uh, you know, we are here looking for someone, so maybe we can get one of those... Uh, social types to talk to these folks, see if they know anything. William doesn't really respond. He just turns and heads toward Wallace and shakes his shoulder a little. Do I have Does to wake up? check to see if I wake up? I think you are a heavy sleeper, so... We'll just make yeah, this... It is, it, it's it not is in, like, a... It's not a big deal right now, so I will say that with giving some some time, he would be able to wake you up, yeah. so... Everett will go wake up Mary Jo. He probably just, like, kicks her in the boot or something. Not, like, hard or anything, but he's just <laughs> getting her awake. Ugh, they only got to sleep for like two hours. 
years, maybe like three. <laughs> yeah. It's enough that time that I'm not going to give you the fatigued debility. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you're probably sleepy, Very... but you're not sleepy enough to. I was gonna say she'll much. just like groggily like get up and try to start getting like ready to go. <laughs> um, I think uh, can 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 Will also do a general knowledge on the boat and these these people? Sure. Or can I just say that I know it? Will's been in the maze, right? Yes, I've been through the maze before, so I thought maybe he couldn't tell initially because they were too far away. But upon seeing closer, you know, as they come closer, I think he would, I think he would recognize who they are since he's been through the maze before. Yeah, I think you'd know who this who this is. I don't think you need to roll for it. Okay. Once I realize who they are, once they're once they're close enough, I think I'll just you know raise uh, raise a hand, raise an arm, just to let them know. Yes, there are people here. Raise an arm. Mm. I think at about this point, it's a couple of minutes later when these guys make their way down and you guys actually notice now there are a couple of posts kind of sunk into the ground uh, near that uh, trading post that you guys had noticed the night before. And these guys come by and they tie off the boat to the trading post and a couple of them start like pulling out boxes from this uh from the boat and bringing them towards the trading post. You notice the light now is on in the trading post. They go knock on the door and they start bringing the boxes into the trading post. Will, just as a matter of politeness, would call call out to them, be like, uh, you boys wouldn't be requiring any assistance there, would you? You're welcome to come help if you want to. And, uh, once, once he's sure that, he's sure that Sonny is been properly taken care of he i think he steps over to the to the to the bank and starts accepting boxes as well bringing them in yeah okay yeah you do I'll that follow up behind and help okay yeah you guys do that um these guys kind of look a little surprised that you're helping them unload but they allow you to help and you guys bring these boxes i think you can see some of them are like jars of preserves some of them are like um like random root vegetables uh, and you bring them in and uh, they open up the door and there's this, uh, the entire bottom half of this building is this trading post you notice. And uh, they start bringing them behind the counter and back to the storeroom. And you see the owner, it looks like what, what you would assume to be the owner is a, a middle-aged woman standing behind, just kind of leaning over the, the counter near the cash register. And she's kind of directing you guys as you go along. They finish up, and I think they you come back to get some more boxes, and they send the last guy off with boxes. And uh, the fellow that was kind of directing stuff and taking some boxes himself kind of looks up at you and goes, "Well, thank you kindly for that. I real appreciate it." And I think uh, I think William just kind of smiles a little and says, "Well, at a place like this, you boys like you do a do a great service to those going in. So thank you as well." And kind of nods. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, can I help you out any anyhow? You're uh, you looking for a ride by any chance? We're heading back down. Uh, and then he he looks at him and he says, "Well, uh, as unfortunate as this may be, um, we probably go in the opposite direction because uh, we're heading inside." Well, that's where we're headed now. You sure you got room on your uh, on the boat there for horses as well, or or you? Well, I'd recommend you you stable your horses until you come back, but uh. Or you can wait till a larger barge goes by, but now nah, we ain't got room for horses. But yeah. ain't a lot down there you really need horses for, so you can yeah. ask uh, Miss Shirley if she'll stable them for you. I'm sure she'll do it for a nice fee. I'll uh, I'll go ask her about the stabling. She'll be fine. William, ask him about the the guy. Yeah, yeah, that's. I start to walk away with to 
and untie the horses. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of over his shoulder, he's like, yeah, 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 Wally, Wally, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And then he looks at the guy, he says, we're actually looking for uh, any any news you could give us about a sheriff of a, sheriff of a town called Rust River. We, we were um, sent out here by by the Acton Sheriff. Well, to... What's it look like? Question did for we Susan. ever ask did, that? Did, oh, you did not. We did not, actually. <laughs> we we didn't because because Wallace is oh, from the town. Wallace right. would know what he looks yeah. like. Yeah, Wallace would know what he looks like. That's okay, true, then yeah. I think I think he I think he kind of shouts over his shoulder into the store. Hey Wally, what does this guy look like? Uh Susanna, what does he look like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um Sheriff the Sheriff Jackson is a um probably late 30s guy he's got uh large sideburns that are starting to turn gray kind of at the edges but he's a kind of a dark brown haired guy with a with a little beard on the bottom kind of beefy you know strong in a barrel chested kind of way all right i'm gonna yell from the distance um god is in 30s you got these funny looking sideburns and a tiny beard he's, he's built well though he's a local so he'd know it yeah, well, I ain't seen anyone like that, but if you want, I can drop you off at the first town. Is um, so there's a little town called Furnace bit bit in, be the first place anyone would stop in here if that's where they're going. You can ask around. Wait, somebody didn't Abby tell us someone dragged him in here? Yeah, he was taken yeah. in here by. You I was said under he the was impression taken, yes. he was like being held hostage yeah. or something. Yeah, as as, as Wallace passes by. Is anyone around here known for kidnapping folk and bringing them down into the maze? Oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of nasty stuff that happens down here. Well, I ain't gonna narrow it down. All right. He goes off with the horses. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just want to say, narratively, um, Mary Jo is just outside. Like She's like a little shook up from last night still, so she's just outside breathing in like the fresh morning air, like shuffling cards. Like She's just has her deck out and she's just like mindlessly shuffling cards back and forth <laughs> yeah i think uh, everett would have noticed that his chewing tobacco that got shot earlier is pretty much empty so he's gonna go see if they have any in the store basically just go with wallace too because because wallace you took all the horses right yeah he took all the horses i i was just going one by one and okay. i told the lady how many i figured i don't know Susanna, if you wanted to role play that out but i was planning nah. on just kind of hand waving that she'll take your horses. how much does it cost um, I think it'll be for a week. It'll be ten dollars. Yeah, Everett would have oh, felt uh, Everett would have felt obligated to pay his for his horse, so he would have done that when he's in there getting his chewing tobacco. Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna buy a new tin? Yeah. Okay. How much does that cost? Like twenty-five cents. Okay, sweet. Whenever Wallace was like taking her horse, she probably would have quietly like offered to pay for his horse if he needed it, like to keep. His horse there. That would be very kind of you. Yeah, she probably just not. She doesn't want to like make a big deal out of it. Like she doesn't want to do it in front of the other yeah. guys. But she just kind of quietly is like, um, I can I can cover that for you if you if you need it. I, I appreciate that. Um, I ain't got much in my pockets minus what's in left in my backpack. So. And she yeah, just quietly nice like hand him some cash. <laughs> okay. Thank you kindly. Susanna, can I do um? Can I do a general knowledge, given my given my skill set, if I know local groups around here? Sure. Yeah, so with a five, you do... I think you would know a couple of the different... There's a bunch of different kind of groups down here. There's 
a couple of like little towns. If you go farther in, there's a, there's a much bigger town in here. You know, there are, I think, a bunch of the, there's a couple of little sketchy towns, hmm. like like places where there are, are lots of the bad sort. Mm-hmm. I think the two that you would know off the top of your head is there is a town called Furnace. And um, there is a town called Old Ashton. And both of those two are full of the sort of sketchy parts. And uh, I think the biggest kind of group down here that is like the biggest troublemaking one is um, is the Canal Pirates. Okay. And and where do, would I happen to know where they hole up or is that too much? Old Ashton or Furnace, one of those two. But you got to pass through one to get to the other, don't you? Uh, the first one on the way, uh, what I think the guy said is Furnace. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the first stop. It's got a lot of kind of sketchy people, but it's like a little town that's kind of built into the the cave system out here. Okay. He kind of nods to the guy. He's like, much, much obliged, sir. The uh, more you know in a place like this can save your life. Uh, and then he, t- he turns back and starts heading toward uh, Mary Jo and Everett and basically says... Yeah, we got a we got a description on the sheriff, and uh, if I recall correctly, there are a couple unsavory groups in a place like this. But uh, the Canal Pirates come to mind as a possible culprit. If they're going to be anywhere, that either be in well, closest would be a place called Furnace, which is the town closest in here, versus a little farther on, we're going to come to Ashton. Well, I uh, guess it makes uh, the most sense to hit Furnace first, just because it's. Uh closer and then uh, if we don't find anything there move on to old Ashton so yeah you you get together your stuff and then go back over there and the guys are just starting to untie and I think they they say it's a dollar a person for a trip down to furnace Everett uh, he was able to just pull a 10 out the last time but everyone sees him pull out just like a big wad of cash (laughs) and pull out a single one out of it (laughs) and then tuck it back in his like (laughs) interior pocket of his pants Okay. I, you pulled in a big wad of cash and then pulled a one off of it? Yeah. Okay. And hand uh, it to the guys. Yeah, the guy kind of looks at you. Kind of. Okay. Everett's just secretly rich over here. Mm. <laughs> no, it's, it just has a 50 on the outside and then it's all ones. <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's still pretty good for this time. Just, just, just for everyone, just so you know, I have $111. What? Dang, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you guys all go ahead and give him the money oh, and uh, hop reach into my stinky boot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He reluctantly takes it, and then um, he calls the rest of his uh, crew back on, and they uh, get near their their. They kind of have a, a set of rowers, and they get on the rowers and start rowing, and uh, the current kind of takes them a little bit farther, so they're moving pretty quickly, and. Um, it's not too much longer you guys kind of go. It, it probably takes a good, like, three hours of, of rowing. And you guys, if you were trying to get here yourself, you'd have never made it. Because they take so many different turns, the twists and turns. It is a dizzying array of canyon walls around you. And you would never have been able to figure out, like, which, which canal to go down to get through here. And it is not too far. I think along the way, they're, they're, they're kind of like... You hear a guy go, Hey, something off the port side. And you hear the, the captain kind of go, All right, go starboard, far starboard. Sit along the wall. You guys watch, and you could, if you guys are looking out, you can see there's this bubbling under the water as you go by. And you see 
something kind of comes up over the surface and it kind of looks like alligator eyes almost but wrong somehow like black and weird looking and they kind of look at you and then they go back beneath the surface and you can see bubbles as you go by you keep going and and lookouts keep following this thing's progress and you're able to to get through pretty quickly but the these guys know what they're doing they're, they're very careful <laughs> as they go by and uh, not too long after that, you guys arrive at a couple of sets of docks. You start to hear noises of life happening ahead of you. You can see, or you can hear like wheels turning as a cart goes down and you can hear kind of the banging, kind of like a blacksmith forge almost. You guys arrive at this dock a little while later. There's a couple of other boats there and you step off and these guys are saying, all right, well, this is Furnace. We uh, we don't need to do anything here, so we're going to keep on going down, but I'm sure there's someone else will take you just to, you know, be careful who you let take you anywhere down here. Not everyone's as nice as we are. As they are pulling away, Will is just looking at the town, and he kind of under his breath. I'll second what he said. I've been through here a few times, and... Uh, Seems to be the farther you go down, humanity seems to bleed right out of them. Out of the frying pan? And then Wallace hops off the boat and his feet hit the ground and like a little bit of dust kicks up. And into the furnace. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. Beautiful. All right, so uh, what are you guys going to do now that you've arrived in the town of Furnace? Where would we go to like look for information on where the sheriff might be? Yeah, I think you guys notice you guys uh you guys walk into this town and it's a very small town. It's it's kind of built into this like alcove, this like big cavern area. It's got a big hole in the top of it uh that uh lets in natural light, but there's still candles and and uh fires burning everywhere along this area cuz it's very dark. Lots of lanterns in this town. Um not um not Mary Jo's favorite type of place, uh but you guys walk along and you notice there is a like, kind of an open air bar, I think that I would say. There's a couple of patrons kind of sitting around, sitting at tables outside with uh, with umbrellas, I think, sitting over top of them. And there's people kind of sitting there. It's almost like a tiki bar kind of aesthetic. I think Will is going to walk up and he's he's be- he's being more more cautious here than he was back in, uh, in Tuskstead because this is... He's been through here before, and he's all, well, just in general being cautious, plus the fact of he's wanting to make sure that certain people here might not recognize him from previous excursions, because he knows if certain people do, it could turn very ugly very quickly. <laughs> and knocks on the on the bar top for the, and calls for the, calls for the bartender. Yeah, the bartender is not standing very far away, turns around, is uh, pouring a, a drink for another patron, and then turns to you and he says, what can I help you with? And then, uh, just to just to sort of ingratiate himself as a customer, he says, "Well, uh, if you really want to help, I'd uh, appreciate a strong drink if you got it at a place like this." Yeah, he reaches behind and uh, pulls out some sort of bottle of some vaguely brown fluid and pours it into a cup, a little pewter mug, and hands it to you. Mm. And then holds out his hand. I th- he takes a small. Swig, and and you can anyone watching him closely can tell by his facial expression that like 
the quality the quality of alcohol has dropped drastically since yeah, around. it's not great. <laughs> that's uh, that's great stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> Clears your yeah, head. Motor oil, great. <laughs> Everett uh, notices that, and he says he goes up to the bar and he says, "You know, I could uh, I could use a, a good sift drink too. I'll have one." Yeah, he pours you one. And he just, like, takes the glass and just downs it and puts it down on the bar and walks away. <laughs> we should call this episode Pissing Contest. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah so seriously. Kind of looks at the bartender, and he's he's just sta- just trying to take a take a measure on him, and he says, I gather you get uh, all sorts of people through a place like this. Oh, yeah, all sorts. Think perhaps... We might be able to uh, help each other out here. A little uh, exchange information. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Hmm? Who are you looking for? And then he like stares stares directly into his face, kind of under his breath. He says, I uh, was wondering if there had been any uh, pirates come through this way recently. Oh, we get them every once in a while. We try to mm, avoid contact. As you should. You're a business owner. You've got interest to protect, even in a place like this. He kind of frowns when you say that. Ooh, bartender dislike. I that. think if Mary Jo is there, she kind of like makes eye contact with him and goes like, makes a motion with her hand, like, hurry up, like, let's get this going. <laughs> All right. Because she's anxious to find their sheriff and get out of there because she's feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, especially with all of the open flames. Yeah. <laughs> I repeat, uh, who you're looking for? Pirates may have come through here with a, with a man, brown beard, sideburns. Uh, might have heard him called Jackson. The sheriff. Mm, ain't no pirates come through here. He came through on his own. Them beat to hell. He's a. Uh, if you want him, he, he's holed up. Over in the inn. Ask for Maisie. And then he just, he slowly kind of nods and it's like, much obliged, much obliged. Same to you. He kind of steps back and, you know, tip, tips the hat kind of and, and then walks back toward the others. Okay. Uh, and then when they're all, if they're all in sort of huddled up, he just says, turns out Jackson might still be here. According to um, Bar Runner there, he... um. Hold up at the local inn, and uh, apparently the person who knows it is someone known as Maisie over there. I think Mary Jo, you see her, like, she, like, lifts a brow, and she's like, didn't that sheriff, she tell us that he was dragged in here against his will? Well, the odd part is that, uh, according to, uh, according to him, he, uh, he came through here on his lonesome. Wasn't accompanied by anyone. Is there any kind of role I can make to see if I, like, knew at New Jackson and Abby well enough to know if there was any kind of, like, nastiness between them? I don't think you would have known them. I, I really don't think you would have known them well enough. Okay. That's what I figured, but it wouldn't hurt to check. Yeah. <laughs> William says, I think, whatever the case may be, I think uh, as soon as we find this Jackson, I think we deserve some answers either way. I agree, but I have a feeling we're going to have more questions for Abby after this. 
Yeah, if we got sent on a wild goose chase, my uh, my gods will be pretty happy with the uh, answer I give to Abby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he kind of uh, the bartender had kind of indicated the uh, the inn, and like I said, it's a really small town. You guys are kind of in like the little um, the little town center, and just across the way there is a small uh, a small probably two-story building that's uh it's got a couple of rooms in it you can tell it's a it's got a big sign in front that says in before we go in can i roll a notice check to see if anyone has been paying particular attention to us wallace has been pretty nervous yeah go because ahead. they hyped this place up like it was going to be absolute hell all the time and so far <laughs> it's been really chill <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine them standing on like the lip of the canyon, like them looking over like Mos Eisley, like a wretched hive of scum oh, and villainy. villainy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's somebody sitting. There's somebody sitting next to him with like a little coconut with an umbrella in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She did use the word tiki bar, which was kind of strange. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anywhere you go, somebody has to have a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody does. I rolled a. I rolled two ones on that. So. Well, I mean, you don't notice that anything. <laughs> Can he roll a notice as well? Yeah, go ahead. Anyone is welcome to roll one. That's fine. All right. Anyone, you say? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> four and two. Okay, yeah. So um, out of four, you wouldn't notice anything. Um, you kind of look around, and you notice there are lots of kind of dark-clad people kind of wandering around, you know, people with, with cloaks on to hide obvious weapons. Um there are a lot of different people that look kind of shady. Like there's a lot of a lot of broken noses and and scars and and you know quick looking uh, quick looking people that look like they want to steal your money. Um, so Mary Jo fits right in. <laughs> you don't look. It doesn't look like there's anyone that's particularly paying any attention to you. Most of the sort of illegal activities that seem to be going on in this area seem to be going on with those people and aren't really paying any attention to the newcomers. Okay, then I think he would just cross the street and open the door of the inn. Yeah, you cross the street and open the door of the inn and uh, you immediately are hit with like a strong scent of lavender. Oh. And uh, you walk in and um, you see, I think, to to Mary Jo's horror, there are candles everywhere. <laughs> and they're all burning this sort of purple wax. And uh, it's just, the whole room just smells like lavender. And uh, you see someone behind the desk, a, a young man, probably 15, 16, uh, looks up and says, Hi, can I help you? Upon being hit by this assault of lavender, uh... I, I, I'm I'm getting I'm getting vibes of like the air freshener aisle at any store, any big department yeah. store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like walking by one of those like candle shops in the mall. Oh, I just have yeah, to walk over to the other get, side like, of the boom. street because it just immediately <laughs> triggers my asthma. Uh, I think I think he he hasn't really made a use of this before, but he's gonna take his uh he's gonna take his kerchief uh rather topical I think he's going to take the kerchief and pull it up over his <laughs> nose. <laughs> so yeah. he can still talk uh, without choking. And uh, yeah, you do that. He walks up and he says, "I'm here to speak to Maisie." <clears throat> oh, Maisie! All right, yeah. Let me go. Let me go. Maisie! Maisie! Someone talk to you. And a couple of minutes later, you see a um, a young woman, probably in her early twenties. 
uh, comes out and she's she's like wearing one of those like uh, corsets that's like real low down. Oh. Um, <laughs> and she she comes out and she leans on the leans on the edge of the uh, the counter and looks at you and says, "How can I help you, folks? What what you you need some help?" I can, uh, we have lots of services here at the inn that we can provide. Oh my, oh. <laughs> services? How may we be of assistance? Okay. <laughs> Is this the pink pickle? Everett looks at, Everett looks at her in an appraising way. Okay. <laughs> she smiles back at you. And I, I think, I think Will is, Will is kind of like, uh, uh. Uh, ma'am, and he's he's waiting for her to actually look at him <laughs> before. Yeah, she looks back at him. <laughs> Continuing, yeah, we happen to be uh, we're happening to be looking for someone, and uh, where it is, he um, he's actually here at your uh, your establishment. Oh, well, who's that? Bra- brown-haired, bearded, kind of a kind of a kind of a round, well-built sort of fellow. He uh, goes by the name Jackson. Hmm. Nope, I don't know of anyone that fits that description. Uh, he would have, uh, he, he might be, could be traveling under, uh, under an alias of some sort, and, uh, he would have come in here mm, a few days ago now, uh, possibly with noticeable injury. Hmm. No, I really can't think of anyone. I think Mary Jo, uh, speaks up and says, they described him as beat to hell. You don't remember anybody like that? Well, we get all sorts of folks come through here in various states of, you know, beat to hell, so. Is she lying? I'm not uh, try- trying to be rude here, um, William Mary Jo. A handful of individuals come in from a, you know, to a small town where we don't quite know many people and asking for somebody that's hiding. One might think that they were there to hurt the person that could be hiding. Miss, we were hired to come find him. Someone told us that he was kidnapped and they sent us into the maze to get him and, you know, bring him back. But I'm kind of getting the sense that that's not quite what happened. Can you help us out? Roll persuasion. Can Mary Jo tell if she's like lying? Uh, let's see what his persuasion does real quick and then I'll, I'll let you see. Okay. I rolled, um, hmm, in this situation, screw it. I'm gonna use a Benny to re-roll because I rolled a one on the the D8 and then a three on my D6. Ooh, yeah. Dragon. It is not meant to be, I rolled a one. Okay. Mary Jo, you want to roll me a notice? Yes, I would like to do that. I got an eight on a D8 and a three, so that's 11? Yeah. Yeah. She is a good liar, but you are a good poker player, and you can tell for sure <laughs> she is definitely lying through her teeth. Right. Uh, would would Will have noticed sort of a, a, a change of expression for Mary Jo, or would she... No. Okay. No, she's a poker again, player. Poker player. <laughs> she's not going to let, let someone <laughs> yeah. know True. her hand. True. All right. Yeah. Does All right. Mary Jo say anything? Um. Well, what does she say in response to Wallace? Yeah. yeah. I think she says, well, yeah, I mean, that would be that would be nasty if someone came through looking to hurt someone, but I really haven't seen anyone recently. Mm, I'm thinking about exactly... What she'd say. I think maybe she kind of leans forward, you know, also rests on the counter to get down on, like, eye level with her. I don't know. Maybe are we just not asking at the right price? I mean, I know you know something. You can see just barely her expression sours a little bit when you say that. <laughs> Dope. Catfight. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, we got... That was last episode. <laughs> uh... she, uh, she says... 
I, I mean, we got we got Cash. We really need to speak to him, please. I, I don't know what you want from us or what we need to prove to you for you to trust us, but we we need to talk to him. All right, roll persuasion again. And uh, do it at uh, negative one. Oh, uh, well, that's a one. Oh, I got a six. Nice. Oh, roll again. oh hang on. Perfect timing. That's a four, so a nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. With that, um, that is enough to to raise on her, and she she kind of looks at you, and then she, you can see her kind of deflate a little bit, and she leans on the the countertop, and she reaches back behind the countertop and pulls out a sawed-off shotgun, and she kind of just holds onto it, and she says, "Look, I know who you're talking about." But I also know that if you try to hurt him, I'm blow your head off. All right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Will just takes a measure of the gun and her and can tell she can use said gun if need be. And he just says, point, uh, point is taken, ma'am. Uh, and if you don't mind, I need you to leave your weapons behind the counter. Don't worry, Billy. You'll keep, a, keep an eye on them. If you're really not here to hurt him, those need to go. We're not here to hurt Balls him, Balls immediately promise. is already putting the gun on the counter. At first, uh, when she, like, brings out the gun and basically tells him, like, I'll blow your heads off, like, he kind of raises an eyebrow, and he kind of smirks, and he's, like, giving her even more of an appraising eye now. <laughs> but then she says, you have to leave your weapons behind, and he says, I can't part with this knife. Well, then you don't need to go see him. Fine by me. And he kind of waggles his eyebrows. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> she smiles at you and then looks at the other three. I think Will nods to her and says, Well, that is... That is fair, considering uh, the township in which we currently find ourselves. He lays his, he lays his guns this out All right. on, on the counter. Mary yeah, Mary Jo will take off. I mean, she just has her rifle and the whip, so she just puts it on the counter. Yeah, all right. Once you do that, she uh, kind of throws the, the gun up on her shoulder and then gestures for you to follow her. And she uh, sachets up the um, up the stairs. You get the idea that this is a woman who doesn't know how to walk normally. Um, sacheting is about all she does. And she walks up the stairs Jeez. and uh, heads down a hallway and you hear various uh, sounds of debauchery as you walk through the halls. <laughs> and uh, she takes you to the far end and she knocks on a door and says, you decent, hon? And you hear a, a muffled, yep. And then uh, she opens the door and walks in. And uh, in the far corner of the room, you see a pretty, uh, pretty sparse living area with a single bed. And you see a man who is propped up on a, a, a large amount of pillows and is reading out of a book. And he looks horrible. Like, when they said beat to hell, they meant beat to hell. Like, his head is wrapped up. He is missing a couple of fingers on his on one hand. You can tell from the way his hand is wrapped up. And um, he's kind of sitting there reading. And as soon as he sees, like, the group of you come in, he kind of he kind of looks up and he starts to, like, reach over for a uh, a revolver that he's got on his desk. And, and is trying to grab it, but he's trying to grab it with a hand that doesn't have as many fingers left on it. And he's having a hard time. And he kind of knocks it onto the ground. And she runs over and picks it up and gives it to him. And then says, don't. I think, I think they're gonna be all right. They're here to 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 help you. I think. And she turns around to the others, and she's still got the the gun over her shoulder, and kind of says, "Come on in." 
I was gonna say, I think Mary Jo would let Wallace take the lead, because I'm assuming Wallace knows him. Yeah, I think um, uh, Wallace walks in, and he goes, Wallace? Wallace, that you? Hey, hey there. Yeah, it's, it's me. Hi there, Jackson. How are you doing? He kind of looks down at his body and then winces because he moved his head too much. And... Oh, it's it's fine. You don't have to. Look, what, ha- what happened to you? What happened? Why are you here? Um, well, to make a long story short, I woke up. My house was on fire. They put me in jail, told me I did it, and then Abby down at the... Abby? The sheriff's at the station kind of black i guess blackmailed us me into coming to find you they said you were she said you were kidnapped by somebody and drug out drug in the year well she told us you were kidnapped and it really wasn't by our will either look i'm just trying to figure out what happened could she find you here no no i don't think so i think mary Jo kind of like coughs and then holds out her wrists or like to because they have tattoos that track them And he looks at your wrist and you see this recognition in his eyes and he immediately lets out a long string of colorful curse words and then tries to start like getting up, like out of bed. He's like, I got, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Hold on. What's, hold, what's got you so worried about her? What did she do? She can find me. Well, we're here, well, we're here to, if she's bad, trust me, I, she blackmailed us into coming down here. I'm totally okay with just kicking the bucket on that shit. What did she do? She's trying to bring something. Something bad. I tried tried to stop her. I tried to stop her and she nearly killed me. I ran until I got here. I ain't been able to get up. He tries to like get up. He tries to like get up again and I think um, you see Maisie come over and kind of like put her hand on her shoulder and not a, not like enough pressure to like actually stop him, but it's it's enough to like tell him like no, you're not getting out of bed. I'm not letting you. Okay, I think I think Will would step up, sir. If she's been lying to us, we'll figure it out. We will we'll deal with her. But here, I think this might help you to calm down at least on our front. And then he he slowly he reaches into his into his duster. The others watching. I think Wallace might be the only one to see this since Mary Jo is behind them. But he pulls out closed in his fist. There's a piece of metal. When he drops his hand from his duster coat, you see he just he's just pinned a sheriff's star to his coat and says, You're not the only lawman here. <laughs> he kinda looks at you and nods. And he looks back at Wallace and he says, She's trying to bring something, something she called the hunger. Something bad, something that she's been bringing these undead. I tried to figure out where they were coming from and I tracked them down. And I found out. They they were from her. They attacked the jail when, when all of us were in the, locked in there. That's when she roped us into this thing. Yeah, it might have been a t- test to see if you could, if you could find me. Because you're the only one that knew. I tried to stop her from bringing them. She attacked me, some kind of weird dagger. And he lifts up his shirt as he says so, and you guys see... Uh, under his shirt, there's this like in his in his like gut area. There's this like this like it all it looks like flesh eating bacteria almost. Like there's this hole in in his stomach and it's just kind of rippling its way out. And I think um, maybe uh, Mary Jo would notice um, Maisie look at it and then kind of look away, like she kind of knows that it's not good. Um, yeah. And and he he looks up and he says, 
I thought she was gonna kill me and then somebody shot her shot at her shot her hat right off I didn't see who it was but I got away she got distracted I got on my horse and I, I ran now I gotta get out of here cause if she, if she sent you she's got you tattooed she's gonna find us We'll leave. We'll, you've given us everything we need to know. We'll we'll leave. And he he kind of looks back. If she's summoning those things, my my town might be gone. Everett, roll me a notice check. Oh no! You know my <laughs> notice is a D four, right? Uh, don't jinx yourself like that, Andrew. <laughs> but I did roll a four. <gasps> Let's see if I roll. A... Yes. I don't think you failed a notice check left. Yet. Yeah, I know. I've always rolled like a four. Um, so re-rolling that D4, I get a one, so it's a five total. Five. Everett, you are kind of sitting in, in the front, and um, you're probably sitting there like sharpening your knife or something. Yeah. I was and actually toying with the idea of sneaking up there, but I don't think yeah. I would have You're kind of sitting it. in a chair in the front. It's yeah. kind of a waiting area. And you're kind of sitting there sharpening your knife, and the kid behind the desk is, is watching you very carefully looking kind of freaked up and, and you you glance up at him and that's when you see a familiar shape behind him and you and you see just in just in time for this loud thump and the kid goes down and you're standing looking face to face with that guy that marked you mm-hmm. oh. and he looks surprised to see you and that's where we're gonna leave it uh. no oh, no <laughs> yes.